Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Trafford, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer along with you again. In today's episode, we'll talk about generations and learning uh, across generation and uh, the idea of some transformists and, and the changing pattern of how people learn across different age groups or if that is in fact a myth. Uh, we have a special guest on today's episode as well, co-founder of Capital Labs, former president of Dev Bootcamp. That's Tarlin Ray. We will speak to him momentarily. First, uh, Mike, how are you doing? What's new in your world? I'm doing well. I, I want to continue to welcome Tarlin because you, sure. you kind of you introduced him, but then we didn't we didn't we didn't get a chance to welcome Tarlin. So so welcome Tarlin, right? Tarlin, hello, welcome. Well, thank you. Uh, should I say how I'm doing? Please, I'm, yeah. please do. I'm, doing, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm also doing fantastic now that Tarlin is talking. Like we have we have a guest. Brandon's here too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm no guest. <laughs> you're a regular. I, I show up all the time. Yeah. Uh, fantastic is quite good, Tarlin. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, I got to hang out with some Gen Zers this morning, so I I'm I'm doing well. I think that's good and topical. Topical. And, I actually have the next topic for you. Can I share that right now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So it it is education and sleep. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Time. Yeah. I had an opportunity to speak to a class of ninth graders, which is pure science class. And they just uh. slept right through it. <laughs> and literally two people right in front of me, as soon as I opened my mouth, were dead asleep. <laughs> That's so good. Catching flies. Yeah. 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 So there's an article recently about a teacher that let a student sleep through the class. And I said, What should I do? I let right. him sleep. He's tired. Yeah. It yeah, was, we agree. Like we're really off putting. We're um yeah, we're we're big. I think Mike Palmer, especially of the of the three of us, is yeah. is the best sleeper. I, I I'm, it's all about the nappuccino. Right? Yeah, the nappuccino. Yeah, that kid needed a nappuccino. You know, um, but um, just to be clear, he was napping before you started speaking. No, it was eight fifty seven class. Everyone filed in. I opened my mouth, and he was out cold. <laughs> but but that is a lot of the research, right? Like you you're not like I. I I think it was like teenagers typically don't start functioning uh, cognitively at the level they need to to be good in school until around ten, typically, right? Hundred percent. I'm setting you up for your next like three or four shows. I think that your material may just be both sophomoric and soporific. I think that you managed to Ooh. to get the doubler there. Although yeah. sophomoric for uh, for for eighth graders, that's like that's some advanced material. And normally, when I listen to your podcast, it takes me about twelve minutes before I have to pull out the dictionary. But this- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Soporific is like a terrific biscuit. It's like a biscuit that you can sop really well with so nope sure 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 isn't that um it's uh I, i'm i'm excited to, so we are we talking that's a sounds like that's more of a future show yeah um what's what are we doing in this show uh this show is about generational thinking and the future of work sure right? is. I, I think we all are we're all heavily prepped right this is like a i w- the preppiest prep uh, we're, we're believers in preparation here uh, at kaplan it, which reminds me of the old uh, stanley kaplan uh, joke uh, he would ask uh, folks what's his middle name uh and it was h or his middle initial was h right right and then uh what, what did it stand for it stood for preparation that's right which yeah. uh, which was a, so we're right in the joke zone and we've welcomed uh, Tarlin, and we've introduced the topic. Uh, and uh, and then Dan, Dan, you're going to host a little bit right now, right? Is that is that what comes next? I'd I'd be happy to. I, I think uh, <laughs> diving right into the conversation and and the guest at hand is is a good one. So uh, maybe a, a high level point of view from you, Tarlin, about uh, the importance of this discussion about general generations about 
uh, workforce readiness moving forward and how uh, the workforce is changing and how we're focused on uh, Gen Z or, or the next generation to come into the workforce and how important it is to understand uh, workforce readiness, uh, education trends, and, and what is facing them as they get ready uh, to join the workforce. So Dan, I'll just say that was a lot. Yeah. I'll, try, I'll try to respond to some of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, this comes from practical experience. I, I think that writ large that most corporations are not necessarily prepared to work with the next workforce, the next generation of workers. And, and part of it is, I think that, and I, I went to this myself, we have this lens or we have this perspective on the way that work should be and the way that individuals should operate. And what's, what throw, should throw that out the window is just uh, technology is moving so fast. Uh, individuals are able to be so much more efficient uh, transparency is everywhere, easier to get access to information. So the way that you went about getting, climbing the ladder or learning how to operate within an organization, you actually throw out the window. And it's part of that thinking is probably what is stifling innovation, causing friction with the next workers that are coming to the workforce because they're saying, why do I need to wait for, you're basically telling me I should wait for a fax. So just because you waited for faxes doesn't mean I need to. And so it's that, I think it's that struggle of people start to, and I said to myself, I was for a while, I was like old man on porch when engaging with digital natives, who I felt were lazy, entitled, and always needed feedback. If you start to remove that and try to put yourself in their shoes, you'll see that should be changing a lot of the way you operate. And uh, for new workers, they're coming into very inefficient environments mm -hmm. uh, where technology is often 10 years behind. And so you can see why there's, uh, there should be attention. So I think this is an important topic to be talking about. You should be definitely focused on how to support the upcoming workforce. Yeah, and um, just kind of building on that, Gen Z, uh, so uh, just to kind of talk through the different generations that are in the workforce, there's the baby boomers who are sort of approaching retirement uh, age, you know, traditional retirement age in the 60s and, 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 and even into the 70s. There's Generation X, uh, where I think we have strong representation from Generation X on this call, which is, you know, typically they're entering into the, maybe their 40s, uh, some are even approaching 50s. So that's kind of like the middle age uh, bracket. Uh, millennials are a little younger than that. And then uh, Gen Z is uh, the fourth generation that's now starting to kind of come into the workforce. Uh, and there'll be another generation behind that. But for Gen, Gen Z, that's the largest generation in America that we've ever seen, uh, which is in addition to sort of the other more psychological points, there's sort of a, uh, a population demographic point around the, the way the workforce is going to change by virtue of the size of the emerging generation. Uh, and it speaks a lot to the future of work, right? So um, looking 10, 20 years out, a lot of what you're describing um, will will continue to be an issue and, and become uh, an increasingly important issue as we deal with the largest generation we've ever seen who's growing up digitally with, uh, with different uh, expectations around work uh, and then also with automation uh, and artificial intelligence uh, becoming more and more uh, you know, part of the world that we're, we're living in. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, Tarlin? Just like you know, how how the the sizes of these different uh, so different generations are, and then how that'll uh, coincide with trends in technology around automation and how jobs are gonna gonna be changing. Well, yeah. So, and just let's 
try to, I guess, package it with millennials and Gen Z. So the claim is 75, their status, 75% of the workforce by 2025 will be digital natives. So in the millennial Gen Z bucket. Um, and so with that um, comes a need to um, have greater uh, transparency, as you've seen with the Generation Z and, and millennials right now, they have access to all sorts of information. Um, what is also going to happen is we're seeing it today. There are certain, there's a drive, and I was in the business, a drive towards, let's say, coding um, and being able to actually deliver apps and actually work on back-end pieces of technology. But, but I, I imagine next seven years, there actually will be tools that will do 50% of the work of what developers are doing today. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually looking for individuals that have skills that are going to be layered on top of a lot of these tech tools, a lot of the machine learning, AI. No, we are not going to have machines taking over, but communication skills, some of the soft skills, and then being, I have to call them FOTs, friend of tech technology, I think be massively important for any job. So Kaplan as an education company, we would say for the longest time, we're an education company. We're, we're actually a technology company at its heart. And most organizations that are going to continue to thrive have to be technology companies. So imagine you're infusing individuals who have grown up today. They're Gen Zers that could probably do in New York City. They could do everything from their phone. Mm-hmm. They, could, uh, they could order food. They could get, if they happen to buy groceries for the family, They could get someone to take out their lawn. They could do everything from their phone. So imagine implanting them into an organization where they may not be the coders, but they want to see environments and companies where they could be as efficient while then being additive to whatever the foundation is. So that foundational layer of technology is just going to increase. Mm -hmm. And um, the skills that you're going to need to have on top of that will change. It will not be... So the pickaxing will be sort of maybe it will be someone who's a Ruby developer in eight to 10 years. But on top of that, you need to be able to sort of evolve and do a little bit more. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you were touching a little bit on like a maker mindset um, as well, which I think is more uh, emerging, uh, you know, combination of uh, desire to kind of have everything at your fingertips and, uh, being able to cobble together solutions, but then also being able to make them yourselves rather than, uh, you know, historically there's been more of this idea of like managers uh, who organize work and, uh, you know, control their uh, their communication tools so that they don't get interrupted during uh, important podcasts and things. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but honestly, like the, combination of the maker mindset is that a phone that's ringing i got yeah, it I just have to have okay it. it is a landline i know that's what i this is, is the is, the irony of all this i had yeah. to break the fourth wall here like yeah, yeah. you've got uh you, i 100 percent have a, I, 100% I do too i'm the millennial on the pod i have one too yeah so is that does do you have one on your porch also for you to answer when you're uh, yelling uh, at the kids to get off your well, lawn so Let's talk about phones. Let's do it. Because most people, if you talk to millennials or Gen Z, if you call, call someone on the phone, it's at a front. They feel like you're, 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 it is, you're attacking them in some way. I feel that same way too. But, but it's the phone. You grew up. That's the way to communicate with someone. Um, I think here's, here's what I think. I'll give you my, I, my reason. And Dan, you, you buck trends because you're, you know, whatever, 30-something going on, 50-something. But <laughs> – uh, the, I was, dare I was you happy. accurately portray me. Yeah, I was happy to see that the PU, is it pronounced PU? PU Research Center? PU. 
Oh, Pew. Um, that, uh, that Pew has officially called millennials, and don't call them, has officially uh, has marked out millennials as 1977. Yes. As the first year of the millennial. I know, which, which you, get, you get it. You, you, I'm in, baby. You're I'm in. <laughs> That's why, Tarlin, if, uh, if, if I had been born just a couple years earlier, you should have called me on my, on my landline. But now, don't you, don't you call me on my cell phone. I, it is no, it's an affront. Get out of my pocket. Remember, you called it a phone, right? I just want to make sure you said cell phone. Yeah, but it's not. I've, we've talked about this on the pod before that um, there is a point at which the name of the device that people still, I think, regularly call cell phone shouldn't be called that anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like an internet access device, right? It's, uh, so I, I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm, I'm embracing it. Um, the only, the only reason I'm stumping for it, you know, I said, as you think about technology continue to advance, I believe individuals' ability to communicate is, is, is waning. So the short form character, uh, LOL, um, being able to shoot something off in Slack, but actually not be able to have a conversation with someone is going to hurt future workers. The ones that actually can engage and communicate yep. will be the ones that advance. Mm-hmm. I, that is a hundred percent believe that's going to be the case. So I advocate for a Gen Zer to have to stand in their kitchen, yeah. with everyone around and call that girl or boy, they want to ask out in an uncomfortable way to see if they'll go to the prom with them. That's when you've made it in life. That's when you know that you can communicate. Is the phone on a cord though? Is there a cord involved with yeah, the phone? It wraps around and Rot- rotary dial, right? Yeah. The whole nine, you don't fool around. Um, and you mean like a high school age Gen Zer? Uh, should, yes. should do that right yes um yeah i just sorry for that that no no digression. please I, please I, that uh, was that was a pleasant digression uh, yeah. the other thing about people who uh have phones that they might pick up they allow them to ring uh publicly sure too. do because sure like, a lot of people who don't typically pick up the phone wouldn't allow their phone even to ring so like you're not even going to be interrupted by a phone call because you got it on. I can side. imagine that world, how good that would be, but uh, to, to not be interrupted by, by phones. But yeah, turn it off. To, yeah. You know, like to mute it. You hey, know? So the thing I just, to, can I take us back to millennials for take a second? Take us wherever you so, feel or like. To, to Tarlin. The, yeah. you know, I, I, know, I know you're a little intimidated by Tarlin, but, but, uh, but he's all right. He, I am. Yeah, That's yeah. a myth about my generation. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things that, uh, that I thought was interesting when people started talking about millennials in the workforce is my, and it's just my take, but I experienced that as if people were complaining about millennials in the workforce as if there was another option to like, it's like we, if we can solve this millennial problem by not having them be in the workforce mm-hmm. as if like the whole workforce wasn't going to be millennial plus Gen Z in some bit. So mm-hmm. that was such a, a tonally off uh, read for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we sent uh to put a bow on that millennials are here gen zers are are coming and here um so you know that is that is the world um we uh, sent around an, an article which we'll share um through the glossary i think dan uh about some uh, some myths about millennials um you know if there, if there are any of these that jumped out at you tarlin or your in your own experience you know what of uh you, you touched on some of this but what are some of the myths that that you you've either felt or or heard or perceived that that you, know, you would debunk about millennials in the workforce? Uh, so I actually love the book, The Millennial Myth by Crystal Kadakia. Mm-hmm. She has five- Crystal myth. <laughs> Crystal myth, there it is. Um, she has five myths that she outlines. One is that millennials are lazy. 
two entitled, three that they need hand holding, so we're looking for feedback, four disloyal, and that five, they have authority issues. Um, so I think the two that strike me that I actually I ascribe to for a while is their uh, millennials are absolutely not lazy. Um, millennials will uh, actually think they're a threat in a way to workers that have been um, around for a while because they're infinitely more productive, comfortable with new technology tools and can get things done faster. Mm -hmm. So laziness, if they're given an assignment that actually seems stupid or there's a faster way to do it, mm -hmm. I feel um, they will, they'll find shortcuts and or will be engaging on their phone to find solutions, let's say in a meeting, while uh, someone could walk past them and think they're not working or thinking about the job. So I think the lazy factor is overblown. Mm -hmm. I also think the handholding, I, I couldn't stand in my last company. I really struggled with um, the constant, what I believe is a constant need for feedback. Mm -hmm. um, but it really wasn't looking for a participation award or getting at just random pat on the back. They were looking to be more effective. And they're used to getting real-time feedback and responsiveness from social and everywhere else. And then to go into an organization where it's a black hole and don't, know, don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. It's a total, it's a sort of distortion for them. So I actually think, uh, flip my mindset, they're just looking to figure out how to uh, have their day be more productive and not continue to run, run into a wall and or tell me whether if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. So I think the handholding is a, is a total myth as well. That's interesting. And then, uh, so related point, I guess, uh, is uh, how much of this, borders on stereotyping. Uh, so like when we were talking about, you know, millennials work like this, Gen Xers work like this, you know what I mean? Like it is a little bit of like, once you, once you solidify the concept as a generation is of a type, how does that, like, how do we, how do we avoid stereotyping and in-group, out-group, othering, uh, ageism? Like, like all those trends are, are real and they're ones that I think we need to be uh, aware of. Uh, any thoughts on that? I of course, it's stereotyping. I, I think um, across generations, if you are uh, willing to uh, to consume new technology, new t use new tools, you're not you're naturally impatient because the world today can give you information faster, and you're curious. I think that spans all generations, and those those will be like-minded folks. Um, so digital natives don't just need to be millennials or Gen Zers. You see those across the board. I mean, my mom is trying out every new, new tool while my dad still doesn't know how to turn on the television and she is ground, you know, primary tech support. And then I'm secondary tech support from 3000 miles away. <laughs> so it's just, you can find those folks. And I think those are the ones that, it, forget ageism, doesn't matter, forget the generations, those are the ones that will be like-minded and move together. They're the ones that will find Slack interesting. They're the mm -hmm. ones that will not rail at um, a new tool like Trello and find like, oh, let's just adapt to the new things, so. Yeah, I think that in one of the topics we like coming back to is growth mindset. I think growth mindset is uh, really applicable here because it, um, it sort of rejects the grouping, the, you know, the othering, oh, this person is like this, which is different than me. Um, if it's 
like this in a way that is that you think is less good, that person can change. And if it's better, you can change, right? Exactly. So like to your, your mom was, uh, I, I don't know how, how old your mom is, but I'm guessing she's older than you. Your mom probably wasn't a digital native, but as you said, she's trying out everything. That's a that's growth mindset. And, you know, to have growth mindset applying it to your dad, he could. It uh, doesn't mean he will. But um, I think that if you apply that in this sort of, you know, five or six or maybe seven generations someday rubbing up against one another in the same space, mm-hmm. uh, I think everyone should have a healthy dose of thinking that others are, one, fully three-dimensional, not, not two-dimensional, and, and two, can, from whatever their position is, can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that will help. Not yeah. only change, but also willingness to learn from, from the millennials and Generation Z. So right. I think there is a healthy dose of you need to pay your dues before I'm willing to listen to you. How could you just join the company and Slack the president of the organization say, I'd love to grab coffee. Who are you? Mm-hmm. So I think there a lot of organizations need to be willing to listen to that, to the new workers coming in because uh, they're going to help evolve. They're going to help evolve the organization. They'll probably learn something new that they're not used to learning from the youngins. As they yeah. You've uh you've mentioned Slack a few times. Some of our listeners might think that is one pant leg of their Dockers, right? So like there's Slack and then there's Slack. The, the singular Slack. The singular yeah. Slack. Uh, I assume most people thought that. Most, yeah. Well, most if, of our if you thought that, I'm trying to represent for you. So thank <laughs> you for thinking that if you thought that uh, and apologies if you didn't. But, um, but Tarlin, uh, Slack and Trello, you mentioned, but, uh, but can, you, can you give folks a little bit of insight into that? And if they're maybe not as much in a corporate setting, a lot of our listeners might be educators who are a little less, less hip to Slack. Um, can you talk about Slack and what, what types of tools are emerging that are, are sort of facilitating collaboration in, in the workplace? Uh, yeah, it's interesting, actually. So I served on a board of an of a independent school in Boston. I was talking to the head of school, and they've started to really uh, – uh, grasp onto some of these new tools. So they'll use the Google suite. So they're using drive docs to be able to communicate with each other. So instead of the old word doc where you make a change and you do the painful track changes, you can actually have a shared document that everyone can see and comment on mm-hmm. um, Google um, uh, chat. So it's just a chat functionality. We can get multiple people in the group to reach them in, in real time. Slack is really just another communication channel. It's a place to house um, async communication. So if you see an interesting article, you can place it into a general channel that everyone's in and you can make sure everyone's seeing notifications. I've seen it uh, with, um, for, um, uh, educators are using, let's say there's a snow day. They have a way to get everyone that needs to make a decision in a room to start gathering information in a channel to start talking. So you can create async communication, also real time communication, also use video. Mm-hmm. So they're just these forms where you're constantly distributed. Um, the last organization I ran, we had six campuses around the country. Uh, I was the only physical presence in the city I'm in. And this is a way to bring people as if you're in the same room mm-hmm. um, together, talk at the same time and or leave a billboard for them to say, you should read this. You may not get it today, tomorrow, but you can always look back in the history of it to make sure you're, you're up to speed on what's going on. So I think it's an interesting way for educators and faculty to connect. It hasn't pierced through to unless they're students or parents, but it's a way it's a really good internal tool. Yeah. And it's a little, uh, I like to quote Marshall McLuhan on the show at least uh, every few episodes. So uh, the whole, the medium is the message. So like when we start adopting new mediums, 
or new media to to engage the emerging generations. You know, we talk about we talk about Twitch a decent amount on the show as well. And uh, I think in addition to sleep, which we do want to do a sleep and productivity show, we also do want to do one on esports and e-gaming, which is another, you know, the, the Fortnite generation, uh, as, as I was talking about around Gen Z. But, um, you know, when, when a, maybe an older uh, organization that's been around for a long time starts to adopt emerging technology for communication, um, does that then sort of signal the the younger generations that, you know, A, they're trying and B, they're sort of open to experimentation with communication. Um, it, that's sort of the way I would see it. But, uh, but I, I was wondering, you know, based on your experience, is that it almost sounds like you have some, a sense of advocacy for organizations that in some ways, letting go of some of the older tools and engaging in some of the newer tools is, uh, is a recommendation that you're making. Yeah, I think it shows that the organization is trying. If, if the suggestion comes from the team and it's not always top down, I think that's also hugely valuable as well. We've, we've taken on some tools where someone said, I'm using this to do some product management. We can do try a free one and we let's go with it. And people said, just, yeah, let's run. Let's start with a small group of folks and see how it works. So I think it shows that the organization is trying, but it also, flip that. And for people that have been in an organization for a long time doing things one way, it can create a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, change management's hard. So for um, other parts of the generation, uh, other employee base that are not as comfortable with technology, it creates um, sort of like this new thing, which feels super complicated, but it's, it does, it's not if you take the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can create a little tension within the organization. So you're going to be uh, appeasing or, uh, or appealing to one part, sort of the newer generation, but you could have some backlash from um, the workers over there. Now, can I say a thing? Um, sorry, Dan. Can I, can I say a thing that uh, I don't know if it's exactly a question, so, but, but Tarla, I'm hoping to get a reaction from you. That reaction may be, you're totally right and I feel you. And um, That might be the preferred reaction. Yeah, well, that's always the yeah. preferred reaction. Yeah. Uh, that's always what I'm looking for. So w- one of the things that, that I think is, the, the def, a definite downside to the good upside of a proliferation of a lot of tools uh, to solve our communication and, and workflow, workforce management um, uh, needs is the proliferation itself. So, you know, we, we here uh, use, we are, we're Google uh, shop. So we have all the Google Drive and Gchat. We have Slack. We have Trello. We have Asana. We have um you know for uh we still have phones we have phones so we don't have phones i've turned i've unplugged mine um we have uh and then uh, uh, sort of brushing up against other organizations whether it's meets which is the yeah. new name for hangouts or sure. go to meeting or join me or, the, or zoom or zoom like there there's a lot of there's a lot of different platform solutions or plugins to platforms that are um offer slightly different pluses and minuses, but there's just a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, any, uh, any reaction to that? That may just be, you know, um, the reality and or, you know, flip it and that's better than the alternative. But any reaction to that, Tarlan? Yeah, I have deep concerns about it. I think uh, I was talking about the phone. I mean, the phone, that was one way to communicate. And then once you left, once if no one was calling, you had time to think, you had time to connect with your team in a different way. Mm-hmm. And you also left work you could take some work home, but you left work at work. So to be always on, to be accessible everywhere, I think it creates, it's just expanding the work day. 
And I'm not sure a lot of organizations are taking that into account as they think about supporting their teams. The other thing is, and I've known some, some people who say, I just don't respond to email at all. Like some people on this podcast or <laughs> don't, 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 Dan, <laughs> or don't respond no, that's to me. That's me. Go, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Or, or don't respond to email after a certain time because they, they really, they're trying to get control over the communication mm-hmm. channels. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I'm celebrating ways to make it easier for people to communicate, but when I came back to uh, the recent organization, they have seven different ways to reach people. Mm-hmm. And some team members like text better. Some will respond to Slack. Yep. It's just, it's too much. So I feel like we, we have to, there's got to be a pairing or uh, organizations, HR, CEOs need to say, it's just the, the way of work. There's no balance. There's no, there's no, there's no way to disconnect. And I think that's going to be, it's going to hurt, hurt organizations. Is there going to be, is it just like the market will decide and eventually there'll be some winners? And I mean, there, obviously we've mentioned a bunch and there are 10 X that number of, of other solutions either still exist, but are less well used or exist at one point and stopped to exist. So to exist, will it just be like the VHS Betamax of each of those different applications and eventually there'll, there'll be a winner or, or, or fewer winners than there are today. Do you think? I think so. In the same way you see, imagine the number of social platforms that used to be out there, uh, the number of search engines that used to be the Alta Vistas and the SGs of the world. So I think the ones that with scale, people will continue to slide over and start to use them. And then you'll start to see more features, feature rich components for those platforms because you have enough people driving there. I just, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I'd say maybe <laughs> on that. Cause like, I do think there's a little bit of, what you're describing like a network effect where like the ones that do it best will get locked in and everyone will start using them. But you know, technology is a river that keeps moving forward. Right. So whatever, whatever becomes the, the, the thing today will be disrupted by something in a, in a shorter and shorter uh, cycle time. So like, I, I actually think, I think you're right to a certain extent. I actually think Slack, you know, I really like Slack. I like Zoom. I like the Google. Like there's some tools are starting to emerge that are probably better. But, but I think the broader point that you're making, which I would agree with, is that the future of work is going to be more about assimilating new tools rather than locking in on the best standard and optimizing against like what is best today because it's going to continue to change and continue to be disrupted. Yeah. You're not, so I mean, as you're describing, it's like, you're not going to be the Microsoft certified office and this is what you need to do. So, I mean, Skype zoom as is tacking Skype and mm-hmm. zoom is a great platform. So uh, I think that uh, uh, while there'll be platform, while there will be platforms, um, Slack can't compete with zooms, um, zoom's uh, conferencing capability and video capability right now not even close Mm -hmm. um so i think there are places where you may get the 80 20 80 percent of the core features are at a common platform and you're willing to do more trial you're not going to be locked in the big contracts and if if some portion of uh the feature set stinks why be why why not move there's Mm -hmm. there's very little pain to switching costs other than making sure organizations willing to change and stay curious, right? Like keep exploring the new capabilities, listen to your workforce. Um, you know, like the, the whole idea of one size fits none is very much uh, sort of something that that's sort of resonating with me. So the idea that you're not going to necessarily find a solution that 
reaches everybody in your organization in the same way, but the more you're signaling, continue to experiment, communicate about what's working and what's not like that. Those are the types of cultures that are going to succeed as opposed to the ones who think great. We installed Slack across the entirety of our enterprise. You know, we're done. Like we've got Slack, so we're done. It's not so much the tools as the mindset and the culture uh, that, that stays open and curious um, which I think is very much something for us as we're getting on the, maybe on the late adopting side, as the, those of us who are older, we're going to learn from the younger generations and we kind of need to approach them with a little bit of humility. I'm uh, here to help, Mike. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> as we uh, come towards time here, Tarlin, I was wondering, uh, we've talked sort of from the uh, baby boomer slash Gen X perspective down to this workforce coming into the workforce, right? To, to Gen Z and uh, millennials. What have you heard from those generations about maybe myths or thoughts they have about entering the workforce or, or things that they're seeing or, or thoughts they have about what is expected of them and what they should be doing when they do enter? Anything stand out as a large-scale myth or a large-scale thought of uh, this age group? Yeah, I think some are just worried that the, the older organizations aren't necessarily going to be supportive. Um, they feel like they're, some feel like they are going to be, uh, in a little bit of a time warp and that, uh, they will, the way that sort of they live their lives or live their lives are going to be sort of, um, rocked a little bit. So I think unless you're going to an early stage in a gross startup, which, you know, the ping pong tables and they're sort of trying to evolve and think about workforce employee engagement. Some of the ones that aren't in that category, I think, um, uh, those, uh, uh, the Gen Zers, digital natives are in for potentially a rude awakening and may see themselves cycling out a little bit faster. That's one. Two, it's less about the work itself, but, and you see in a lot of the studies, people care about uh, mission. They care about uh, what the organization stands for. And if after a while they feel like, you know, punching a clock and doing data entry for six months can mean something if at the end of the day they're saying we're doing X, but if it doesn't necessarily mean anything and it's a profit generating organization, you see more people willing to switch because they're trying to find meaning. Hmm. So I think those are the two things that I, I saw it in my organization that they're, they're grappling with. It, it's got to stand for something. So they feel good about. Tarlin Ray, co-founder of Kaplan Labs and former president of Dev Bootcamp. Thank you for the time. Hopefully we can talk to you again in the future. Thank you. You've been listening to Trending in Education, talking about generations. We'll be back with you next week. As always, every Tuesday here, a new episode of Trending in Education. Find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed. Same on Facebook, trendingineducation.com. Thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education.